Hey guys, welcome to the first episode of the CMC game. Uh, you might remember this as a variation of Brews and Builds, which is our sister series here at the CMD Tower podcast. I am Marking Ross, and I'm joined by SD Sharpie. Sharpie, how you doing? I'm doing pretty pretty good, uh, despite the technical difficulties we've <laughs> we've had tonight. <laughs> we had a little bit of back and forth, but hey, we're here now. We're ready. Let's do it. Yep. So um, as a reminder, the, the CMC game kind of works uh, a lot like the, the normal Bruise and Build series, but instead of focusing on cards from certain categories and comparing them to how a beer is brewed, we are relating it more to like a game show where we kind of go through the deck and we each choose a card from every CMC in the list. But before we get over to that, we got a little bit of housekeeping housekeeping so if you want to follow us or support the channel at all you can go over to patreon.com slash cmd tower um i think the lowest tier is like three dollars that'll get you into the discord where mark and ross and i hang out a lot um you'll actually be involved in choosing the the decks for this channel and there are higher tiers that'll get you sweet swag so check that yeah. out and if you can't do that, but you still want some sweet swag, you can always find us on Etsy, which is where we have our shop. It is etsy.com slash shop slash CMD tower. Or if you're a lazy folk like me, you can just go to Etsy and type in the search <laughs> bar CMD tower. And if you're looking to pick up some sweet proxies, because WotC seems to be super okay with those now, you can head on over to our sponsor, Abyss Proxy Shop, and use code CMD Tower to get some cheaper proxies. So definitely check it's out that. Get a nice discount and uh, some high quality proxies. Uh, if your play group is into that, they they do make good quality, and you can get some custom art on there. Uh, I would suggest checking it out. So now that we've gone through that, tell us Sharpie, what is the CMC game? So the breakdown is we cover a deck that one of us owns that was chosen by the collective, which is um, everyone in discord. Uh, and we each go through and pick our favorite card of each CMC and discuss them. And then towards the end, the non owner of the deck will select five cuts and five ads of equal or lesser CMC. Awesome. So Ross, what deck are we discussing today? So I believe what was selected was one of my Boros decks led by General Ferris Rokiric, or as I call the deck, General Ferocious Rhetoric. So you said one of your Boros decks. That implies you have more than one. <laughs> that is uh, something I will have to admit. There's another one uh, which may came, come up later in the line. Um, it's led by Rayav, and it is a, uh, a decidedly an equipment deck. I don't know why you would want to play more than one Boros deck. Well, sometimes you just got to get aggro and beat some wholesale ass, as they say. Yeah. I've had my wholesale ass beat by this deck <laughs> quite quickly, actually. It's uh, it, it functions surprisingly well, even though I have uh, backed myself into somewhat of a limitation on building this deck in that I only run multicolored decks outside of artifacts in this deck. Yeah, so as a so it, it, it's a bit of a gimmick, as you said, but I don't think it's a bad one. I think it, it works quite well with this deck. 
Yeah, um, when the when the commander himself suggests a gimmick, it uh, it usually tends to work out. But for those of you who don't know, we can talk about the stats of this commander who who we're running. So as I said, he's Boros. He costs one and a red and a white for a three-one legendary creature, human soldier. And Sharpie, what else does he do? He has protection from multicolor, and every time you cast a multicolored spell, you get a four-four golem. Ooh, that won't come up later. That was totally off the top of my head, by the way. Hey, you nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. And the, uh, you know, it's funny. When I built this, I kind of forgot about that first line of text. The protection from, or hexproof, excuse me, from monocolored. Yeah. You know, I don't know whether people know this or not, but there are a lot of removal spells that happen to be monocolored. Yeah. Yeah, there are a lot more that see play than multicolored spells. Absolutely. So when this guy was, when he was first spoiled, I immediately fell in love with him. And the reason is I played a lot of, uh, of magic, you know, standard or whatever in the Lorwyn block. And I always liked those cards that benefited from casting multicolored spells. Mm-hmm. The ones that come to mind are the mimics. I don't run the mimic in this deck because the Boros one was decidedly not good for commander. I think it turns into a 4-2 with first strike or something. But I also really like cards that consistently generate tokens. And so Rhetoric or Rokiric was speaking both languages for me. I'm really surprised that he doesn't have the wording of it only triggering once per turn. Because at at face value, it might seem kind of slow. But if your curve is small enough, which, spoiler warning, it's pretty, pretty low in this deck you can really pump out those tokens. Yeah. I If I last long enough with the general out, I can consistently get at least two golems uh, per cycle. Yeah. I've, that's kind of what you did when we played that game. It was two to three. <laughs> yeah. And so, like you like you said, I, I tried to run a low curve. It is by no means a CEDH build or anything like that. But the the card range here is zero to seven are the card slots we're working with, with the bulk of those being in the two to four range. Yeah, that 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 two range is that sweet spot. <laughs> that is that is the highest peak of this curve. But there are some on the the fat tail end as well, so we end up with a an average CMC of three point four eight, which I know our sister series host Mister Combo might say is a little high. Well, I think that's because Mr. Combo shoots for that that two zero and below like those <laughs> competitive decks. Right. Well, without, you know, dirtling on about the, the build too much, let's let's get into some of those cards. So Sharpie, I'll, I'll let you start with uh, my build. Oh, OK, so at the zero drop, I kind of got a sneaky suspicion we're going to have the same card because you only have one zero drop. <laughs> We got Soul Talisman. Yes, sir. And Soul Talisman, for those of you who don't know, is an artifact with Suspend 3. And it's 1. So rather than cast this card, you may pay 1. And it has uh, it will be exiled with 3 time counters on it. When those are gone, it comes into play. And when it finally comes into play, it's a secondary Soul Ring. So why did you pick this card? Uh, if you'll notice the set that it's from... I opened it in a pack alongside when I was gotcha. cracking, cracking Rokiric. Let's see. So 
I was going to ask you that. Do you run Soul Talisman in any of your builds? I don't even own a Soul, Soul Talisman. <laughs> I, you know, it might be better if we, if we were doing some kind of like cascade shenanigans or something so I could just yeah. drop it. For, for me, I think it's just as a secondary soul ring. You know, if people catch on to what the, the engine, a.k.a. the commander is here, they might remove them a few times. So it's it's handy to have a little extra mana. So we'll kind of get into the cuts and adds later. But I wanted to kind of, I guess, have honorable mentions for the zero drop because you, you only have one zero drop in the deck. But something that could work out well for your deck is Paradise Mantle. and spring mm. from, but i believe that that's a one drop yeah paradise mantle would work uh quite nicely i do not generally attack with the commander so i think you know having a way to to tap and make some more uh some more mana would be would be good yeah yeah and spring leaf is a is a one drop but yeah would would also be a good way to not attack if i wanted to do <laughs> that yeah plus i mean producing all those those tokens that you do like you said, you're, you're not really going to attack with the um, commander, but even mm-hmm. if you decided you wanted to, I mean, if you make a, a token that doesn't have haste, you could use it to produce some mana. Yeah. So moving up the scale uh, into the one drop range, the one I wanted to talk about is a uh, creature that is both red and white at a one drop. He's got that, that hybrid mana pip, uh, and that's Figure of Destiny. So the casting cost is Boros, and it's a 1-1 Kithkin, and it has quite a bit of abilities, all of them relating to dumping more mana into it and making a a bigger threat. But um, ultimately, it's it's a way to generate one of those golems with also providing me some sort of mana dump later on. So uh, the, the abilities that I mentioned are you can pay a Boros again, to turn Figure of Destiny into a 2-2 Kithkin Spirit, so it adds Spirit creature type, um, you can pay 3, and if it is already a Spirit, it becomes a 4-4 Spirit Kithkin Spirit Warrior. And then if it is a Warrior, you can pay... 6. 6, yep, I can count. <laughs> you can pay 6 to make it an 8-8 Kithkin Spirit Warrior Avatar with Flying and First Strike. So the first thing I'm going to say about this card is... This is one of the coolest magic designs I've ever seen in my life. I think they have a few more cards kind of like this, but they they could do to make more. I think this is really cool. It's really solid. It's super great to play on turn one, and then when you get into that late game, it, it also still hits. I mean, what, you have to pay a total of 10 mana to get it there? But, I mean, you got an army of golems, and nothing else to do, so you're just going to make your 1-1 your one, one and 8-8 eight, eight with flying and first strike to smack somebody. <laughs> that doesn't sound so bad. No, I agree with you. Like, the this design space, it's it's kind of like the level-up design space, but I like this a little better. I don't know if it's just because the card, di- card design visually is cleaner or if it works better, but in my mind, I just like it better. Yeah, I think... I think it's more solid than the level up because most of the level up stuff is pretty slow. Like it usually requires a bit more mana and I think you can only do it at sorcery speed. Whereas this, you could technically do it instant speed. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if you wanted to hold on to all that counter magic mana in Boros and then dump it in on somebody's (laughs) turn, (laughs) but what did, uh, what did you choose for your one drop? 
All right, so I cheated a little bit because a lot like your zero drops, you only have two. One is the figure, and then the other one is Soul Ring, and I don't really feel like talking about Soul Ring. So I went what with what I consider an honorary one drop because honestly, this should have been a one CMC spell instead of two. But we're gonna be talking about Maze Bind Tome, which is a two drop artifact. Uh, it says tap, put a page counter on it and scry one and then you can pay two tap it to put a page counter on it and draw a card and when there are four or more page counters on it you exile it and you gain four life uh i put it in this slot because like i said uh it is a two drop but it really feels like a one drop to me uh you don't get too much value off of just being able to tap it like yeah you get to scry one but you can only activate its abilities up to four times before you lose it so getting it out on turn one and being able to describe feels feels right on the power level and then you know later on you know next turn when you have two mana you can draw cards with it right yeah and you know in uh in boros you you can especially with a a lower curve or a lot of two drops you can run out of cards or things to do if you get board wiped or for whatever other reason so having the ability to either scry or pay some mana to draw a card is pretty beneficial just to make sure that you're not drawing into you know extra lands that you don't need or something like that yeah and then you know because you're playing aggro and everyone's probably attacking you gaining four life's not a bad thing <laughs> don't hurt me i'm hurting you <laughs> yeah so uh in the in the two drop we mentioned that there are a lot more to choose from here with a total of 20 sharpie what one did you decide to talk about what spoke to you okay so i, I chose a card that i've been playing with a lot here lately and it, it's it's a super gas card it really only works for token decks, which I don't typically play a lot of. But if you are playing a token strategy, even if it's not, um, you know, a huge token deck, it, you probably should still play that. This uh, we've got Idol of Oblivion. Uh, of course, is a two-drop artifact. It says tap, draw a card, activate this ability only if you created a token this turn, and then you can pay eight mana, tap it, sacrifice it, and create a ten-ten colorless Eldrazi creature token. This card is so good. It's, it's great here because, like you said, you're playing Boros, and most of the time you're probably dumping your hand out super quickly. And with your commander making at least one token every turn, you're guaranteed an activation. Yeah, it, it feels pretty good to be able to just also draw a card along with everything else I'm trying to do with the, the commander. And you mentioned, you know, running this in things that aren't like dedicated token strategies where people might think of like, Reese the Redeemed or something like that, but mm-hmm. just think about, like, I don't know, Prosper or how many of those decks are just generating boatloads of treasure or yep. you know, whatever other random tokens you might be making. Yeah, I mean specifically, I run it in the the new Mishra Eminent one, and for the most part, that deck's really only making one token a turn on combat, but with Idol of Oblivion, it's you make a token, you draw a card. I mean... Yeah. Yeah, in in the decks that you run it in, how often or ever do you uh, pop it to make that Eldrazi? Uh, I have not done it yet. I don't think I would unless I was just going to die and I needed a, a blocker. So right, the the deck that this uh, this came from, or the reason I owned a card for this, uh, was the um, Geared, the Naya uh, guy that makes makes rhinos. Uh-huh. Um, so I mean, drawing cards in with with green anymore isn't that difficult anyway so once in a while it was like 
yeah, I'll make a 1010 that I can uh, populate. Yeah, it came with the um, the twins, the Merfolk twins from Strixhaven as well. Oh, that makes sense. I could, I could see you um, popping it to make that 1010 because you get a second one. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the the two two or the two two the two drop that I <laughs> wanted to talk about <laughs> is Aurelia's Fury, and so that's X Boros red white for an instant, and it says Aurelia's Fury deals X damage divided as you choose among any number of target creatures and or players. Tap each creature dealt damage this way. Players dealt damage this way can't cast non-creature spells this turn. So, I would never use this as like an attempted board wipe or removal probably this is there's a there's a few ways that you can use it but you can ping a bunch of creatures to tap down blockers or if you're feeling really cute you can wait until sharpie's upkeep and then hit him for one and not let him cast anything but creatures that turn it's a fancy silence (laughs) it is fancy silence so as far as this card goes i really find it interesting for something like the cmc game I know you have another one, and I think it's also in the the two-drop spot. But Aurelius Fury is a two-drop, but it's also technically a three-drop, or a four-drop, or a five-drop. So it can really kind of fill any any slot you need. I think that's pretty cool. I I love X spells. Sometimes they feel bad to try and cast when you're only getting one, but they're really cool in my opinion. Yeah, and I, I think you might be telling me another reason that X spells can feel bad later on in this episode. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Move, moving on into the uh, the three drops I wanted to talk about another card from Modern Horizons 2 and that is Arcbound Shikari or Shakira however you want to say it <laughs> Shakira Shakira <laughs> this cat's hips don't lie it is a one red white cat soldier uh, it's a zero zero but it has a, a whole block of text on it being a zero, 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 excuse me, I'm going to start reading from the bottom, which is modular two. So it comes in with two plus one plus one counters on it. And when it dies, I can move those to another target artifact creature, which I might might have a few of those laying around. <laughs> and then also uh, when it enters the battlefield, I can put a one one counter on each other artifact creature I control. Yeah, this feels like a, um, a baby crater hoof <laughs> in red and white. Yeah. So the the interesting thing is your commander says whenever you cast a multicolor spell, you get a 4-4. Four, four. So even if you don't have a huge board when you cast this, you're going to get a 6-6 six, six off of it because you'll already have the golem and you'll be able to put two two counters on it or one. It's just one. Just yeah, one. So 5-5, five, five, yeah. Yeah. Still not bad, though. So I'll no. pay three mana for a total of seven power on the board. Yeah, it's that's super good. Oh, and also it has first strike. Oh, yeah. Don't forget <laughs> that part. <laughs> Very relevant. Yeah. Oh. As far as my three drop goes, this is an interesting card because I think it's really cool, but I also think it's really bad. <laughs> that <laughs> so sounds like the, my style. <laughs> yeah. For the, the three CMC slot, we've got Chance for Glory. It's a, a Boros and one colorless, you know, because everything's a multicolored spell. It's an instant. Uh, a Mythic from one of the Ravnica sets. Uh, it says, creatures you control gain indestructible. Take an extra turn after this one. At the beginning of that turn's in step, you lose the game. Yeah. So, I find cards like this really cool. There are a couple of mono red ones, I think like two or three of them, where they give mm-hmm. you an extra turn, but then you lose. 
Uh, there's ways to get around it, but I don't think you're running any of them. Nope this is a this is a total gamble on whether it it pays out or not. Yeah, so that's the part where I'm like, it's bad, but it's also really cool to see Hail Marys, where it's like, hey man, I I got a lot of golems. Mm-hmm. Let's go to combat. Math is for blockers. Let's play this extra turn. Maybe I'll <laughs> kill you. Maybe I don't. And. In the history of running this deck, I've had it work out in my favor one time. But how many times have you cast it? Uh, yeah, I think I've done it at least five. Oh wow! <laughs> it's it's awesome to cast it every time because it's a it's like you said it's very much a hail mary yolo. I'm gonna see how this goes. I'm probably on my way out anyway. <laughs> but no, I I love this card and the you mentioning it's a bad card. I think so many people probably like overlook this type of thing. And so mm-hmm. when I do play it, people are like, wait, you're going to do what? You're not the first person I've seen that play these, um, extra turn kill you effects in, a Boros aggro strategy. And they surprisingly work out more than, uh, they kill you. So that, that's, <laughs> I find that really interesting. It's a it's a big tuck special for sure. <laughs> so moving moving on up into the four drop range, there's a number of pretty good ones in the you know, bias speaking, it's my deck, pretty good ones. <laughs> but the one I wanted to talk about was one that's probably a little more cute, and that is uh Soltari Gorillas. And so that's two colorless in Boros for soldiers from Tempest. It's a three two. And it has shadow. Uh, but more importantly, if Soltari Gorillas assigns combat damage to any opponent, you may redirect that damage to target creature. So uh, there are a few ways uh, in this deck to pump up the power overall of my creatures, whether they're the golems or not. And so the way I like to use this is just as almost a rattlesnake. It's a, it's a pretty tame rattlesnake, but it's a rattlesnake nonetheless. So I can either decide to deal that damage or... You know, if it's not pumped, I can maybe lightning bolt something. That's pretty cool. They um they actually eroded it, so its creature type is Soltari soldiers. I don't know what a Soltari is, but uh, it's this uh this wispy uh wispy wispy white guy. Looks like he's made out of marshmallow fluff. You sure? You sure it's not the shadowy guy in the back? I don't know. He has shadow, but he also might be exploding to deal his damage to those guys. Yeah. And it is gorillas, so that implies uh, more than one, right? This, yeah, this is an interesting card. I really, really like these older cards with uh, these super weird effects that you don't really see nowadays. Also, um, when you got an extra combat spell, shadow comes in handy. <laughs> that is true. As far as my four drops go, uh, I picked one that I really like. Uh, I've never played it before. I've always wanted to. But I'm not really an aggro player, so I don't tend to really lean into Boros as a color pairing. But one that I find really cool is Master Warcraft. So for four mana, two Boros hybrid and two colorless, you get an instant. It says cast a spell only before attackers are declared. You choose which creatures attack this turn. You choose which creatures block this turn and how those creatures block. So what I find really cool about this spell is you can use it defensively and offensively you could use this to just nuke somebody off the board just make sure they don't have any blockers and you just swing in with your army or 
you can really just kind of deflecting palm somebody in a sense of they're going to swing in with their army of elves and their crater hoof behind it. And you're just like, yeah, cool. You're not going to swing at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think my, my favorite way to use it is similar to how you just described where they, they move to combat and I say, well, that's good, but I'd like to dictate where everything goes. And, you know, I, I point them at who I perceive to be the larger threat and then leave them defenses down for the uh, the golem army to walk in. <laughs> yeah. It also has really sweet art. Cards like this um, kind of disappoint me, though, because you get really cool art, but you don't get cool flavor text explaining the art. <laughs> you want to know the best part about this art is the artist uh, is Zoltan Boros. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. What, are, uh, what do we got next on the, the CMC? We're up to five, right? That's it. Go All ahead. Right, I, I'm going to go with this one. My pick is actually a card that I played with when I first got back into magic or first got into magic way back in 2016. I picked up just a commander precon, which happened to be the Brea precon, and this card was in it. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna you, be t- you were despoiled ever since. Yes. We've been talking about Jorkadine the Prevailer. It's a five drop white, red, three colorless legendary creature, human warrior. It has first strike and metalcraft. A metalcraft is creatures you control get plus three, plus zero, as long as you control three or more artifacts, and he is a 5-4. And you can guarantee that you are going to be controlling three or more artifacts. Most so of you're the gonna time. Be, yeah, pumping out seven fours. I, I wish he had some other evasion other than first strike, but we're in Boros, and that's kind of a, a signature of, of theirs, um, especially around that time. But... Yeah, like you said, it's it's not hard to have three or more artifacts, especially with all the golems. So I like to like to have Jorkadine around when I go to attack step. You think it'd be too broken if they if he also gave the creatures first strike? Hmm. I think it would be broken if they had trample or you know something else to guarantee the damage through. Yeah, I think you know first strike would be good, but I think it's innocuous enough that. You can still chump block it and not worry about it. Yeah, true. All right, what well, what do you got for the five drop? Well, for my five drop, uh, going back to the that Lorwind block that I mentioned with uh, Balefire Liege. Uh, so that's two colorless and three hybrid Boros pips for a Spirit Horror. It's a two four, and it says other red creatures you control get plus one plus one, and other white creatures you control get plus one plus one. Uh, whenever you play a red spell, Balefire Liege deals three damage to target player. And whenever you play a white spell, you gain three life. It slaps and tickles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think he's a he's he's pretty self-explanatory as to what what the game plan here is. It's like a, a mini. What's the the two two minotaurs, the Sunfire and or oh. Sunsong and Firespeaker, whatever it is. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So dealing dealing damage and healing yourself based on your, your Boros spells that you cast. But he also has the added benefit of pumping all of my golems up to six sixes. Oh, they're not colorless golems. No, they are red and white golems. Wow. Did not notice that before. It's, it's relevant. Uh, I think this is actually better than the, um, the minotaurs you just mentioned. Cause I think they have to, I think, I think you have to gain life off of instants and sorceries and deal damage off of instants and sorceries. 
I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, red instant and sorcery spells you control have lifelink. Whenever a white instant or sorcery spells causes you to gain life, the creature deals three damage to target creature or player. So it's a bigger hoop yeah. to jump through for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So this this one's a lot better. I think I think pretty much all the leech from um, the Laurel and Block are super good. I, th- I think there's like maybe it's the the blue white one that's not great. Yeah. At some point, I was uh, toying around with the idea of making like a a five color tribal tribal and just running all the leeches, but having multicolored cards across the board. But yeah, the more I thought about it, the more it sounded like a lot of math that I didn't want to do. <laughs> well, you could do it and throw your this this commander into the deck as like a, a secret commander. It would be a good fit. Yeah. All right. Moving into the six drop. There are two cards to choose here. One of them is <laughs> technically not really because it's a split card. And the other one is a powerhouse that I think we both want to talk about. The other one is the Boros card. When you hear Boros, <laughs> this is what Boros you think card. of. <laughs> Yep, and we we mentioned her name earlier, but now we are going to invoke her with uh, Aurelia, the War Leader. So that's two colorless for red, red, white, white, legendary creature, angel, who is a 3-4. And Sharpie, what does she do? She has a book of text. She has flying, vigilance, and haste. And whenever she attacks for the first time each turn, untap all creatures you control. After this phase, there's an additional combat phase. She wins games. That's what she does. (laughs) (laughs) yeah she's she's pretty strong the fact that she has vigilance and haste so it's not just she's giving you that that benefit without going into battle herself she's also flying in for some damage i like Mm -hmm. that but yeah like you said most of the time it's because i'm going to slap somebody twice in a row or you could um you know take your extra turn spell and slap them four times that, hey, look at that. Look at you go. <laughs> there's some there's some tech. Yeah. But yeah, I, I have never, never been sad to see Aurelia in my hand. You know, think it, looking at Aurelia and again, going to make some suggestions, despite the fact that there's a cut and add section later. <laughs> uh, I guess I'm just going to say it. Why not run Helm of the Host? I mean, not I, not even necessarily for Aurelia. I think even on your commander, it'd be super good. Yeah, I think you're uh, you're not wrong there. It's probably because I have one and it's not uh, <laughs> not sitting in this deck. But yeah, uh, no, I think there's there's probably a few things in here that would uh, would benefit whether we're making extra of commanders or extra Aurelias, I, you know, extra or, Bassandras, or Bel- whatever. Belfire leash. Oh, that's true. All the leashes. Hey, they it just got reprinted. Go pick it up. You might be onto something. <laughs> All right, moving on to the last. CMC segment, we've got the seven drop. I think as far as this one goes, you didn't have too many options either. Uh, you had four. There's also another <laughs> Boros angel we could talk about that, you know, everyone <laughs> thinks of when you say Boros. But I actually wanted to pick one that I used to think was kind of a shitty card, I guess. But having it jammed in my face game after game after game, I've kind of changed my mind. Uh, we're talking about Meteor Golem. It is a 7-drop artifact creature golem. When it enters the battlefield, destroy target non-land permanent and opponent's controls. And unfortunately, it's just a 3-3, but that, that ETB is pretty solid. Yeah. I, I guess when you when you think about it is, and they've, they've talked about this on Bruise and Builds of like kicker costs, 
Mm-hmm. So if you think about like, I don't know, a generous gift, what, uh, what kicker would you pay to, instead of giving them the elephant, you get the elephant. I mean, I assume you would have to pay like another three. So six. Yeah. Total. So we're, st- we're still one, one up here, but yeah, but that's the way I, I try to justify it. Most of the time is like, I I'm a beast with inning or something, but mm-hmm. I, I'm getting the thing. Yeah. Well, something that it makes me think of is, um, the Archon, the, the the black white one. I can't I can't remember what it's called, but um, it, it exiles something when it enters the battlefield and then when it leaves the battlefield, which is much better. But it's also color intensive. Like you have to hit two two black and two white, and then I think four colorless. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's an eight drop. The uh, Ashen Rider. Yeah, that one, Ashen Rider. So Meteor Golem kind of makes me think of that. Like it's not as good as Ashen Rider, but you're also only playing paying seven generic mana instead mm-hmm. of the color intense. Yeah. Yeah. But in Ashen Rider's defense, it is a five five with flying. Oh, that card is super sweet. I'm I'm not dissing that at all. Like I <laughs> love that card. And and it's gross with Conjurer's Closet type effect. But Yeah. Yeah, I think the the main reason the golem came in here is there is a few like artifact type synergies like the court Jorkadines of the world but mostly it's because I limited myself to only running multicolor spells mm-hmm. and so I was somewhat limited on removal that was decent right but well that that is the uh, the work through of the zero through seven drops and I am very excited for the next part it's when uh, Sharpie's going to tell me about how I can make my my deck really sing, and it's the uh, the CMC lightning round. So in this segment, we're we're just gonna fly through the the cuttings, cuts and ads. Uh, I'm gonna go through the list since it is marketing Ross's deck, and I'm gonna go through and name off a cut and what I would replace it with. And we're gonna do five of those, and when we're when we're done, we will go back through and kind of discuss why we're cutting something and why we're adding something. So without further ado, let's go into the lightning round. So for our first cut, we've got, uh, I believe it's pronounced Caradon Yearling. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna cut that for for Rise of the Hobgoblins. Our second cut is gonna be, man, I really picked the ones with hard names, Rim. Something. Uh, and we're right. going to add, oh. <laughs> yeah, we're going to mm-hmm. add Cloudstone Curio. And then for the third one, we're going to cut the crappiest angel I've ever seen in my life, Anya. Oh, no. <laughs> and we're going to add Tori Fury Rider. And then we're going to cut Leave to Chance. And we're going to add Adriana, Captain of the Guard. And the last one we're going to cut is Valamachus Lorehold for Winona, Joyner of Forces. All right. So, first of all, you can't be talking that kind of trash on my girl Anya. So really you say can't. you say she's trashy, but just listen. We are in a, a Boros aggro build, and we're gonna get those those opponents down below twenty, especially when we have sharpies of the world using using their life as a resource and getting themselves <laughs> below twenty. But just at at face value, you pay five. She's a four four flyer that also generates a four four on the floor, and if each opponent has uh, their life total less than their starting life total. She gets, pl- or excuse me, she gets indestructible if 
an opponent's life total is less than half. But yeah. she also gets plus three for each opponent whose life total. So she's going to become a 7-7, seven, seven, and then a 10-10, ten, ten, and then a 13-13. I mean... And then, and then somebody's dead, dead. Yeah, it's just... I, they've got to be at 20 or less life. And like you said, it works really good against people like me that's using their life totals for everything. But it's not good against other other aggro decks that are sitting behind a wall of creatures. <laughs> I mean, she's flying. She'll fly that wall. But I, I will give you this. She is not good against the life gain decks of the world. That, yeah, that's true. Plus, okay. her, her replacement is much better. So, Tori the Fury Rider, for the people out there that don't know what, what this is, it's a fairly new card from Dominary United. It's a multicolor spell. Which, by the way, stuck with the gimmick. Didn't Thank add you. anything that wasn't an artifact or multicolor. <laughs> yeah, for a white, two red, and a colorless, you get a legendary creature, Human Knight. Vigilance, Trample. Uh, when she attacks, all other attacking creatures you control get plus one, plus one until end of turn. Other red attacking creatures you control gain Trample until end of turn. Untap each other white attacking creature you control. So, I thought this card was super great, but going through this episode... You proved to me that it's even better than I thought it was because I was like, oh, look, it's pumping your golems and making them five fives. But then you told me that they're also red and white, so it's giving them trample and vigilance. <laughs> OK, OK, so, yeah, this card's pretty awesome. Also, the uh, the stained glass treatment is is sick. I would definitely buy that one. And I will give it to you that she is probably more efficient than Anya. <laughs> Especially if we're going like semi wide with uh with golems and other attackers. So mm-hmm. to to this cut and add I concede. All right. So you got me there. All right. We'll we I sorry to jump right into the middle. We didn't even go through these logically. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was the third thing that Sharpie suggested, but I stuck on him uh talking trash on Anya. From from there, we're just gonna bounce into one that I also agree needs cut pretty badly and it's uh towards towards the higher end it's a, one of the seven drops we didn't talk about and that's the the old Strixhaven elder dragon Velamachus. yeah i probably would have agreed with you on almost anything you suggested here just because i thought it was cute to add Velamachus when i had it laying around mm-hmm. but the times that i've played him other than being a five five vigilance haste flyer he whiffs on in this deck on the the potential spells I could pull. And then you also mentioned we have some some X spells in this build which do not feel good from Velamachus's ability. So the one that you wanted to to go into gives me a little bit of heartburn just because <laughs> of the the potential that it could lead to some degenerate behavior. But in the way that we would be using it, I think Winota is uh, is pretty pretty safe. The only the only downside that I don't love is that she she puts those onto the the humans onto the battlefield versus me casting them and getting the another golem. But at the same time, a lot of the humans that are in the deck have some sort of either status of static effect or ETB that would be beneficial whether they come with a golem or not. So I think I can get behind that one too. Yeah. Well, use that to segue into one of the other cuts and ads. Um, Rem Carlos cutting it for Cloudstone Curio. You kind of go into the the discussion of 
with Winota, you don't necessarily want to hit into those humans because you're not casting them. With Cloudstone Curio, you can return said humans to your hand anytime another creature enters the battlefield. But that's not necessarily the reason I thought to add it to the deck. It seemed really good with your commander. So you're probably going to get to a point in the game, I would assume, to where you don't necessarily have like a full hand to like really, really go off with. You might have like one creature to cast and get a golem and vice versa. So my thought with Cloudstone Curio is in that scenario with your one creature in hand, you cast it, you get your golem, it enters the battlefield, and then you return one of your other multicolored creatures to your hand and you keep going until, you know, you either run out of mana or you have an army of golems. Um, fortunately, Cloudstone Curio does state that you can't return an artifact to your hand, so you can't return... Um, I don't really know why you would do it, but I guess you can't return the one of the golems, but you also can't do other shenanigans with the rest of the deck that's not multicolored. Yeah, I think the 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 worst downside of Cloudstone Curio is when a non-artifact permanent enters your battlefield. Yeah. So I think that's probably the most frequent thing happening is uh, those mm-hmm. artifact golems coming in. So I don't know. I, I'd be able to abuse it quite as much as I want. Although it seems pretty funny to use it with like a, the one drop that we talked about earlier, the figure of destiny. Because you only have to have, use one mana to to potentially generate a lot of value there. But yeah. the other thing, Senor Sharpie, that I wanted to point out, this is fifty four dollars. See, I thought that was the tragic part. <laughs> <laughs> so, on on that fact alone, I would I would not make this cut an ad just because it is a fifty four dollar <laughs> card, and I'm not going to go out and buy one. But I could. If I didn't like the the weird little golem statue thing on the art, I could go get the Kaladesh Inventions Cloud Egg for almost two hundred dollars. So you know what you do instead of spending two hundred or fifty dollars to purchase this card is you hit up our sponsor, Abyss Proxy Shop, and just get get you a nice little proxy made. A little, for a little play on the dollar. See how yeah. this goes. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I like where your head's at. <laughs> All right, so the the other one that I wanted to talk about here is a um, it's a, an amusing card, and it's from the block that I just keep referencing. <laughs> Coming from Eventide is Rise of the Hot Goblins, and for those of you who don't know, it's a uh, an enchantment that costs Boros Boros, and when it enters the battlefield, I can pay X. If I do, I create X one one red and white white or red and white goblin soldiers which is relevant based on some of the cards in this deck. And then it also has the ability of paying Boros to give red creatures and white creatures first strike until end of turn. There's that first strike again. Yeah. So my, my thought with adding this to the deck is it's not particularly a great card, but I think it has the potential to be a good card. The best part is it's a two drop multicolored spell for your commander. Keep your CMC low. At the beginning of the game, uh, if you don't have a whole lot of mana and you want to cast it, uh, it's a two-drop two enchantment that gives your, your creatures first strike for one mana. Uh, in the late game, it could potentially be a finisher, I suppose, if you have enough mana and you can just really dump it into that, that ETB and get all those goblins. Yeah, 
I, I completely agree with you. I like the way that it scales into late game. So if, you know, somebody board wipes and then this is what I'm top decking, I'm not going to be super sad because I can dump the rest of the mana I need into building up an army again. And like I said, with them being being red and white, there's a there's enough things like your Tori Davenant that we talked about. She would give them plus one, plus one trample and untap them. So pseudo vigilance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, overall, I like it. I think the uh, whatever that thing is, the beast, the Ceridon yearling is in there because it was lying around in my <laughs> commons box and it was a two, two for two that had vigilance and haste, which isn't terrible, but I, I like the way your your head's at on this. Is it at least a foil? No. Oh, no, it is not. <laughs> <laughs> and then the the last one you wanted to talk about, I'll let you talk about the card that you're adding but I wanted to briefly bag on myself on breaking my own gimmick with the card that you cut because I'm a ding dong and leave to chance is only a multicolored spell when it's in your hand. (laughs) When you cast it, it's, it's white. And then when you cast it from the graveyard, it's red. So didn't think that one through very well and not sad to see it go. As far as the replacement, we've got Adriana captain of the guard. Um, this is another one of those Boros cards like Aurelia and Gisela where it does the Boros thing. <laughs> so for five mana, you get a legendary creature, Human Knight, with melee. And melee says whenever this creature attacks, it gets plus one, plus one until end of turn for each opponent you attacked with the creature this combat. And then other creatures you control have melee. She's a 4-4. Four, four. So this is another one of those... Um, like baby crater hoof effects where late game, when you have a ton of golems and you have Adriana out and you attack and you're attacking all your opponents because you know, they're, they, they play magic like me and use their life as a resource and they only have three blockers. Your, your, your creatures are going to get pretty swole. And I, <laughs> I really think that she has the potential to just finish games. I, I don't disagree. I think, most of the time, and this is, is kind of an odd comment, I just, for whatever reason, I don't like paying five for her. Which, in this deck, it's five mana for eight power that also gets melee. Mm-hmm. So it seems like a really good investment. Overall, most of the time, I she, she tends to get cut out of pre-cons that I find her in, but I really like, really like Brienne of Tarth in this, in this particular build. <laughs> yeah, I think she gets a lot of flack because of just kind of how she's set up. There's not really necessarily a good strategy for her. Like you said, she, she comes in these pre-cons and she gets cut because she wants you to go wide. She wants you to have an army of creatures to swing in with, and you don't get that out of pre-cons. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of people get disappointed with her because you, you usually see her as like human soldier tribal or goblin tribal, where you're producing tons of these little one ones and you're attacking people. The only problem there is, you know, they're one ones. They may not be getting that that big. Whereas in your deck, you are producing four fours that are going to get swole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a fact. And then, I mean, if you pair it with other things like I don't know, a four drop Boros God that we didn't talk about, that that seems pretty good too. Yeah, or your your uh, Bellfire Leash. That too. <laughs> So, uh, out of the five cuts and adds, um, 
guess you're okay with all but Cloudstone Curio. Yep. We're going to we're going to make some make some purchases. I actually think I have most of these, but if I'm buying a an even tide Rise of the Hobgoblins, I I might go get a foil of it just cuz I love hey, that set. It's only 7 bucks. Also, if you're in the trade block and you have a foil Rise of the Hobgoblins, <laughs> hit me up. But it, yeah, four out of five, not bad. Sharpie, not bad. I'll give it to you. Um, but anyway, thanks to everybody for uh, making it to the end of our our first attempt at uh, going rogue from Bruise and Builds. Uh, if if you enjoyed it, feel free to give us some positive feedback. Um, give us some five stars, some five star reviews if you want to. And then also uh, make sure you find us in the Discord and, and tell us how we did on this. And if you'd like to continue hearing this sort of thing, yeah. And if you want to reach out to us. Um... You can find the main channel on Twitter at CMD Tower. Uh, you can reach out to me personally at SD underscore Sharpie on Twitter and Ross. And I am at Vizardrix Vibes on Twitter. Uh, and most importantly, come catch us in the Discord. Thanks, everybody. Yep. See ya.